0: Welcome back to episode 6 of TLGR, Two Lefties Get It Right. Once again, we have guests, but as per usual, you have your two hosts. I am Cameron.
1: And as always, I am Griffin.
0: I feel like that might change someday. I feel like you are coming up on the name-changing arc, but I don't know, it's just me. It's the vibe I get.
1: Yeah, you know, you never really know what's going to happen.
0: It's true, it's Grand Fork. Big have do some crazy things. Yeah. Well, There's some shit in the
1: water or something.
0: That's true, or, or in the air from the potato plant. Regardless, we have some guests here again. It is um, March, International Women's Month, and on Wednesday, it is International Women's Day. So, in honor of those two commemorative dates and holidays, however you want to view them, we have some women for the first time on the show as guests, and we're going to talk about some great old plastic feminism and the patriarchal society that we live in currently. So, um, if all of our guests could give a cr- quick introduction to themselves, to say their names, what's, what's going on, and Get, let our viewers, or listeners, know about you.
2: Okay, I'm Abby. I go to school with Cameron. We have known each other for two-ish years now, and I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely.
3: Um, hi, I'm Vanessa. Um, I'm a freshman at Madison. Roll badge. Um, and for I real? met Cameron this year and we're living together next year. And then
4: I'm Ava. I'm also a freshman at UW-Madison, and Vanessa and I are roommates, and we met Cameron the same way. Um, yeah, he's gonna be our roommate next year, so.
5: Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Sophia. I'm a sophomore in Iowa State. Roll clones, guys. Um,
0: no, no, absolutely not.
5: Uh, yes. <laughs> I have known Cameron since Bonnie gang. We lived in the same neighborhood as kids and I know Bush too. I guess Griffin, I don't know what y'all call him. Um since high school pretty much. Yeah.
0: I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised. Uh that's the that's the first event you want to talk about, but we'll leave it at that. Um <laughs> Bush, I think you know what I'm talking about. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. We'll leave that to the county. Um Regardless, uh, as per usual with this show, we're going to start with the, the weekly news. Oh, I, actually, I, before we do that, I will mention, I'll just do this now, we were going to have a few more guests on here to discuss the issues of, that face women today and just the general societal structure of men, um, but one bowed out, and she has requested me to say that she loves the patriarchy, and by not showing up today, she has uh, completely like, succumbed to that like oppression, so way to go, onnie. All right. <laughs> Alright, so moving on to the news this week, which one of you start us off? I'll get my story pulled up here.
1: Yep, so I oh, only have one star. It was pretty light week this week for news, uh, compared to our first couple weeks, but a fun one. Uh, Fox News, everybody's favorite broadcast. Uh, under a little bit of fire, they're facing a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit from Dominion. They are a, a software, kind of, they basically run the uh, the elections, national elections. And they're they also are in under
0: with Hugo Chavez. Don't forget that. Clearly, they're evil, evil Cubans.
1: And uh, they are suing Fox News for defamation because there have been leaked messages between the CEO of Fox and the CEO of Dominion, showing that Fox knowingly spread misinformation and about the election, alleged election fraud in the 2020 election. So the this lawsuit came about. Late 2020, early 2021, and kind of took a backseat, but it started to ramp up again. So it'll be curious to uh, see what happens here.
0: That's true. And before before I before I share on, uh, and all of our guests are welcome to join on this too. We would like, as I said last week, like to start a tradition of kind of talking about the news with our guests and everything like that. Hopefully they bring on some stories and such. But um, before before any of that, I would like to, and we cannot officially endorse any form of drinking game, like with alcohol, of course, drink in moderation safe with that. But, I will say, if hypothetically, if you were to look at one, if I had to take a guess, take a, one drink every time the word slay is said today, you might feel slightly inebriated <laughs> by the end of this. That felt like guess.
3: a personal attack on us, but that, it's fine. Um, it wasn't,
0: you know, wasn't just aimed at you guys. If Ani was here, to be the same way, apparently. Cameron, but
1: during Women's Month, are you serious?
5: Cameron,
0: yes, that's I'm not way. Yeah, can we handle that topic. disrespect? No, No, absolutely not. <laughs> Hmm. This is my show. I'll be as disrespectful as I want. To. <laughs> um, Cameron, so you're just a- proving
2: the point of why we're here today.
0: Exactly. Change me. You guys can fix me. That's the whole point of this. As, <laughs> uh, I-, I will actually ma- make this quick aside. I was in my, my poli-sci discussion. I always have it on Monday. And um, I'm going ask to this- ask this question through the room. I, I really hope that my-, my faith in humanity is not just... But, um, apparently, so it was multiple choice, and the most commonly missed choice, I talked to Bush about this earlier, I want to see if this group hopefully knows a little bit better than my, apparently my 104 class does, uh, who is the current Speaker of the House for all of our guests?
3: Oh, shit. No, I literally, I feel like I watched the, the votes for it.
0: There were 15 votes for the Speaker of the House, uh, historic, it has not happened in over 200 years, um. Yes. Yeah, so do any of you know who it is
3: wait like the federal speaker that was
0: yes like in the actual speaker like like who replaced Pelosi I hear I hear the I heard the <laughs> I like, does not count damn it bush
2: I unfortunately do not know I'm I didn't even know Pelosi was out. I'm a little... I'm like,
1: I Cameron, know you, know. you kind of gave it away by saying it wasn't Pelosi.
0: <laughs> I know Pelosi. I, I, was, I didn't want them to say the wrong thing. I just wanted to see if they knew, but regardless. Um, so, yeah, the, the Republicans took control of the House in 20, uh, 2022, so it's no longer uh, Nancy Pelosi. It's currently Kevin McCarthy, also out of California. But apparently that was the most misanswered question in the multiple-choice section. So I just wanted to see if we were better, but we're off to a staggering start. I'm right, sorry. To my face. Regardless, uh, But speaking of the House, um, earlier this week, I believe it was on Wednesday, the House officially launched a formal investigation into George Santos and his 2022 election campaign about how much fraud was actually conducted during that election season. And he is obviously he's not sitting in any committees. So he refuted him like you, like sat back, like recused himself. That's what I was thinking of. He recused himself uh, very, very early into the 118th session of Congress, but um, yeah, he, there's officially a House investigation. Will it go anywhere? Almost certainly not, but you know what? It's happening.
1: In uh, in the McCarthy House, it will absolutely go nowhere, which is almost better because it's hilarious, and I hope he gets reelected.
0: Absolutely. I will say this. I did see this come across my feed over the week, and um, I really hope. That it comes to pass, this would be awesome. But whatever, no. But um, Eli Whitney, one of the primary producers of insulin, like the they have like very strong patent on the formula for insulin that's used very commercially everywhere and personally and everything like that. They have pledged to basically going forward, they they will cap all insulin prices for everyone at thirty-five dollars a month. And obviously, the Biden administration is hopping on this very quickly and saying, yes, we're going to do this like a hundred percent. Will it ever happen? I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to take a wild guess and say no. Yeah.
1: i don't have to agree. Company. I don't yeah. think you're too far off. I mean, if it happens, that's great. I mean, current insulin costs can be upwards of, I mean, $2,000, $3,000 a month. It's insanely, yeah, unbelievably expensive for a life saving medication. But.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know, I, I think I mentioned this on one of the former episodes, but uh, Bush, Bush specifically, did you know what the original patent for insulin cost? That is curious. Well,
1: he wanted it. I know he gave it to Eli and Willie in hopes it would be, uh, they produce it for free.
0: So kind of like Jonas Salk with um, the polio vaccine, there originally was no patent for insulin. But to make sure that it, to make sure that like it was available to everyone and like basically no one would like screw with the formula, the uh, the original inventors of synthetic insulin patented it for a single dollar in I think it was the nineteen. 30s or 40s I, I'm, I'm not sure of the date but it was for a single dollar and ever since then it has gone skyrocketing with, with quote-unquote innovations being made through the formula <laughs> uh, so fun also another fun fact this would be my last one I think that's pretty much it um, but earlier this week I saw that I think it was Thomas it was, I think it was just, uh, Supreme Court Justice Thomas was complaining about the harassment that him and his wife had been facing ever since the Dobbs decision of this summer, and he was saying, listen, I'm just a simple, like, public servant and everything like that, I, like, I, I just make enough to get by and, like, I just do this, like, whatever, like that. Did you know what the Supreme Court salary is? I just looked this up today, Bush. Or anyone, well, let's or anyone see. Wants to
1: so, the congressional salary is $176,000, so Supreme yep. Court, is it more or less
0: it's more. For reference, the president's is 400. So if you want to base it off that, too.
1: 275,000.
0: You are damn close. The, the Supreme Court, like, um, the Chief Justice is 270. And for any associates, it's 260. 260 grand a year. That's for life. Crazy. For life. Yep, guaranteed. Even if they die. Well, not, well, if they die, it goes to their loved ones. But even if they retire, they still get paid that for the rest of their life. Nuts. Uh, But yeah, I
3: actually had some news I wanted to share on the the topic of women's rights. Um, On an Instagram account that I follow, it's called All Feminists United. They posted about a New York Times article that Walgreens and CVS, since they're associated, are not offering. Abortion pills in states that abortion is illegal now because Roe v. Wade got overturned. So in 21 states, Walgreens is refusing to sell abortion pills.
0: I love corporate America so much, bowing down to the, the mere wills of their overlords.
1: On a little bit better news on the abortion front, this news is a little bit old. But I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, Cameron, I think we talked about this a little bit. I want to say it's Arizona or New Mexico. The, uh, the Church of Satan was approved to perform yeah, uh, perform abortions in the oh, state yeah. despite it being against state law.
0: No. Yep, the Church of Satan recognized it as, as women's health and everything like that. So, um, yeah, if, if you ever need an abortion in any of the states that is uh, currently not legal or whatever in the future, yeah, just find a house of Satan and you'll find one. you are all good.
2: I will make note of that. I mean,
3: religious freedom works both ways.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, Bush, do you have any other news stories or anyone else, if anything, they want to contribute to this section of the show? Don't everyone speak at once, somehow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all rest- I got today.
0: Okay, I, I was going to say, I will take the resound silence. That's pretty good for the news. Front. I know we, t- we talked a lot about news last week, and I like that. But, yes, yeah, so let's... Uh, let's go on to the meat of the episode so obviously as i mentioned at the top of the show it's uh march which makes it international women's month and on wednesday is actually international women's day so in honor of that we have our esteemed guests here today um to talk about a subject that they should know a lot about considering that they're they should know infinitely more than me and bush do considering a we're idiots and b we're not women so they should probably know it more than us we, we decided we need some help and we're going to talk, we're going to talk about some issues. We're going to talk about, we're going to get, we're going to get philosophical. off. It's going to be a great time.
1: And for um, a lot of this episode, we're kind of going to take a back seat and let our guests absolutely. do a lot of talking because you know, this is an experience that for, we have no real way of comprehending or uh, relating to. So we want them yep. to really get their story out.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so let me pull, uh, pull up my question. Now I will prep this too. Uh, all of these questions have been shared with our guests. Beforehand, so they had some time to think about it. Except for Abby, she wanted to go off the seat of her pants. Um, so in that in that vein, I will be asking the first question to Abby, and then we'll kind of branch off from there. We'll um, stall some time, or someone else stall some time. I pull this up.
1: I'm sorry. What did you say?
0: I said stall.
1: Oh. um. Shit. <laughs> you failed. All right. I'm, back I'm bad at stalling.
0: We're gonna, well, let's we'll work on that. All right. But, yeah, so um, let's start with you, Abby. Um, uh, so how at all would you say that you feel, like, the effects of, like, the patriarchy on, like, a daily basis? Like, would you say that you feel them? And if you don't, like, uh, or, or if, you, if they're not daily occurrences, like, how often would you say you experience, like, the looming patriarchy in your in your life? Um, That's a great
2: question. I feel like it i guess i wouldn't say i like notice day-to-day experiences but i don't know if that's just because i'm too acclimated that i just kind of brush it all off i think unique experiences that i just don't i don't know experience every day obviously sort of just stick out in my mind a little better but i don't i can't think of anything off the top of my head for you
0: yeah no no worries at all Um... Yeah, there's definitely that element, I would say, like, obviously speaking from the oppressive class or whatever like that, I would say there's that element of, like, hidden, kind of, like, just assumed, but never, maybe not so much uh, out in the open. And that and could uh, be very different depending on the experience. Um, what would you say, uh, jump to Sophia, why not? What would you say about daily effects, or if not daily, how often about the patriarchy in your life?
5: I would say here, I don't really experience it too daily but at home I work at a manufacturing company run completely by males I me and my mother are the only ones that are female there and we tend to get ignored like what I do I like will work harder than they will and a lot of the stuff they kind of just diminish as oh I'm the boss's daughter I'm just here because it's a fun time it's a good time like whatever all of the efforts I put in aren't recognized because I'm not like of someone of like a substantial thing and many things I will see like a lot of the men and the other engineers ignore my mother when she's talking about certain things just because they don't take any of it seriously so I would say I see it more in a very male-dominated business obviously they tend to kind of gang up and think they're better <laughs> here I'm in an all Pretty much all female classes. I'm an in interior design, so there's not very many males, so I don't get that experience really much anymore. But back at home, I definitely see it.
0: Awesome, awesome, yeah. I can I can imagine. I, I've never actually been to like where you work, I, but you told me to some definitely like, horror stories about you like in there, and like definitely like, the engineering uh, aspect of it. it is probably like STEM in general being dominated mostly by men. I would say that makes that makes more sense than everything at the end of yeah. course we can't we can't disregard it. it's harvard county where people stopped aging when it hit 1951 so we're still there <laughs> um, pretty much yes yeah well, um ava vanessa whatever whichever one of you would like to go like next uh, feel free I know they're recording in the same spot for reference so i can't exactly just say like oh go but um either uh if either of you would like to go next feel free Uh, like how would you say you feel the patri? like how often would you say you feel the patriarchy if it's not on a daily basis or is it
3: i think on a daily basis it's definitely not as major i think like abby said there are some really big events that stick out and you remember them and those are the really really kind of scary crappy ones but I think on a daily basis, it's just a lot of getting talked over, getting talked down to, getting ignored. Yeah, I agree. And just, like, getting treated like your opinion is less important or what you have to say is less important.
5: Yeah, definitely.
4: Um, <clears throat> I can speak on this now. Um, I would feel like on a daily basis, I feel like, it 100% there like the patriarchy is shown every single day it's just definitely like unconsciously like we don't notice it because like Abby said it's either you're used to it or it's like you're in a place where you don't experience a lot of those like major things on a daily basis or you just don't notice it but I feel like there's definitely like unconscious levels to like like Vanessa said like a lot of days like feeling like you're not being heard like especially like since I'm doing a STEM major like even if I don't see it there's a lot of like in the back of my mind that like I am sort of like the minority and like the stem like when it comes to gender and like there's sort of like that idea of like when you're doing things being like if you're working maybe with like a male partner and feeling like they're almost like mansplaining you and thinking that they like know way more about the topic than you do that might be like an example but I'd say like for me on a daily basis I don't notice it but again it's really comes down to like what you're used to and what is like more aggressive and what's an unconscious level of like being you know like misogynistic or something like that
1: so you guys gotcha. all uh referenced this um like these bigger events do you, can you guys like maybe share with us an example if you could think of one off the top of your head or if you're comfortable with that
2: I actually have a one prepared for this. It's not something that specifically happened to me, but it happened like in my hometown. So it, I think it was about yeah two years ago now. My uh, history teacher at my school was arrested for um, just like inappropriate behavior towards a student, and Eddling. yeah, and. Uh, In, like, the course of this investigation, they found, um, I think it was, like, over 50 videos going back, like, seven years of, like, his female students that were just, like, of, like, under our shirts and, like, up our skirts and things like that. And as, like, our faculty or our administration, like, started digging deeper, they started unearthing, like, a ton of accusations against this teacher, and they all just got shoved under like the rug because he was our mock trial coach he was a pretty respected like member of the faculty and he actually um took trips with our like students to like Thailand and Cambodia and all these like school sponsored trips and all these like things and actually as he I think his sentencing was like right when I got to Madison last year they um had a bunch of his students like former students come and testify at his trial and it was a big event from my hometown just because um I actually know the girl that reported him and turned him in and like launched this whole thing and it was just like a big event because there were a lot of rumors about it and no one really did anything so I feel like that's probably like the biggest event that I have towards it but I know it impacted a lot of people that were very close to me, and I guess there's a lot of unresolved issues with it too that I know have like really troubled a lot of people and have left a huge stain on like my school district's sort of reputation, especially because after that, more and more teachers were investigated, and I think there were like three in the course of um, like the two years. Had a past that have been like fired for this, and accusations have been brought against like teachers for all like levels of education, which is horrifying. But yeah, that's like the biggest event that I have.
0: That is that is quite the event. Um, for speaking for the Waconia listeners, we definitely have that teacher that we're all picturing in our heads right now that is definitely the same kind of MO as that. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, damn, that's that is a lot, That that is a quite the event of systemic like injustice right there
3: and i think definitely with the patriarchy it doesn't just show in the things that he did but in the fact that he was able to do it for so long and it was pushed under the rug so many times like you said
2: yeah i think that was probably like the biggest thing that stuck out to me was just that as they kept getting deeper and deeper into this investigation the more rumors and more accusations and more reports like started becoming unearthed and more people started speaking out and it was just the fact that you see this so much on a national level but to like look at it happening like right in front of you especially with people that you're like closest to and that have experienced this and just felt like they weren't getting heard it really just like stuck with me and was a very like big issue and I think that's kind of the biggest thing with me is like I feel like I see the patriarchy working and I guess, like, against survivors and a lot of people that just, like, try to speak out about this behavior that, especially I feel like now with, like, Andrew Tate, and I feel like it's just becoming, like, more and more prevalent, this, like, idea of, like, objectification of women and just, like, treating us, I don't know, like we're not real people. I feel like that's just becoming more and more prevalent, and it's scary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I will say you you brought uh, you brought him up, so I was advised not to. But if someone <laughs> behind, uh, you brought up and, uh, the example of Andrew Tate, and I will say this: um, Bush, did you see? Early, uh, did anyone anyone see that earlier this week that he got diagnosed with lung cancer?
1: I did. I think I I think you sent me that.
0: I mean, he does. I would like to say,
2: that
0: guy karma. Yeah, yep, I'm holy sorry. karma. holy Karma. Yeah, Taylor
2: Swift said it first. Karma <laughs> is our boyfriend.
0: <laughs> word. Word. But uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that story, Abby. That's uh, yeah, very impactful for sure.
1: Yeah, you talked about the the covering it up, and unfortunately that seems to be the pattern with a lot of these kind of situations is as the investigation is finally kicked off, there's uh, a lot of like years and years of complaints and nobody ever takes action against it.
3: I, and I, oh, do you wanna go? I think <laughs> also with trials, especially like this, when stuff like this comes out and it does go into court, the amount of victim blaming that happens and just like re traumatizing the victims in court. And I get sorry for the <laughs> ambulance in the background. It, 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 it is celery, it happens. It um, I'll be surprised if celery. you don't hear at least three more before the end of this. Um, I think, especially with investigations, it's hard enough. With a lot of crimes against women, to provide enough evidence in the first place, and I get you're a lawyer; you have to find anything you can to argue that your client didn't do it. But yeah, I do uh, feel like the burden of
2: proof is really high for cases like this. Definitely,
3: yeah, with crimes against women, it it definitely, especially rape cases, it's hard enough to get the evidence to even get it into court, and then you get it into court. And the amount of victim blaming that happens and the trauma that's brought up in front of the victim and everybody in court, maybe including their whole family, it is just really hard to see that.
4: Um, I'm gonna like sort of jump off that too. I had a friend that put a case through um, for an assault and. That was back when we were in high school and that whole process like me watching her go through that was incredibly like traumatic especially when you're involving systems like that that where patriarchy is honestly like it's it's like on an institutional level it influences our courts our schools everything like that and um, especially like you can have really great proof it it's one of the most time consuming things to go through I mean we didn't she never like fully got a verdict until the end of senior year and that whole process sort of changed everything because you're having to experience like tr- well obviously like standing in your truth and having to like pick the blame and all that but also like when other evidence comes in like even if it's proven false like the process to go through that it takes really long and sometimes like I know for her the payoff at that point it doesn't even seem like it was worth it because either the person gets an incredibly short sentence because the court doesn't always take things super seriously like that or um you're sort of left like with that sort of guilt and oh he had a a pregnant girlfriend now he's gonna be in jail like this feels like my fault like there's just a lot of like things of like you know like personal blaming and things like that and like effects of just like how long these things taste and like that the payoff is never good. Like she was one of the few people that, I mean, actually had a court case come in her favor. I mean, that's not something we see very often when it comes to things like assault with anybody. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. That's very like both of those stories are very heartbreaking to hear, but yeah, thank you for sharing them.
1: And we can, we have a couple Another question about that a little later we'll dive. We can dive a little bit deeper into that topic a little bit later. But for now, we'll move on to our uh, second question. Uh, Sophia. I'll start with you. Uh, How often do you find yourself being pressured into gender roles that are traditionally placed upon women? So, like, this whole women in the kitchen or clean for me, cook for me, do my dishes, do my laundry.
5: I don't really find it too much. I mean... I guess here and there, people like I'll say, like, I'm going into interior design and they automatically expect I'm gonna do something that's very like girly and residential and just do like cute pillows and stuff like that. And it's like, no, my goal is to become more of like a commercial designer and like more of like the architect side, but they don't see that just because I am a woman. And so they automatically assume I'm gonna do like the easy stuff. Um, Occasionally here and there, uh, people, like, sometimes, like, assume I can cook, I'm a terrible co- I am the worst, I, I will burn your food,
0: I am dark. as well,
5: <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, they expect me to, like, be able to, like, know how to do all the things that, like, they expect women to know how to do, and it's, like, oh, if you, like, cook and you clean, it's, like, I'm, like, yeah, sure, I could be, like, a cleanly person, but it's, like, it's not, like, that is what I want my life to be. And it's like, I don't, I guess, yeah. It's just like they expect me to know things because I'm a woman versus like, and to be good at them versus just like me being, having skills that could not be a part of that, I'd say. Especially the whole cooking thing. Everyone yeah, no. in the I can cook.
2: <laughs> I agree with the cooking thing. I feel like the first, so I... My roommate can attest to this. The first time I <laughs> made a bagel in our apartment, I actually set off the fire alarm, and I think I told about probably everyone I know about this story, and everyone just could not stop making fun of me for it. Because everyone was like, "Oh my god, you should be able to toast a bagel and like not <laughs> set off your fire alarm." And it was just like a lot of people gave me shit for this, and I was like, "Sorry, like I can't help that I walked away from my." toaster and my bagel was charred that might just be like my undiagnosed adhd but it's okay <laughs> yeah
5: or a terrible toaster i swear like some days i'll make toast and it'll be fine and the next day don't change anything and it's like gonna set the apartment on fire
3: my toaster smells like it's burning every time and i don't know what is burning in there honestly blame
5: the toaster abby yeah
2: blame honestly the toaster. i might i might have to i might have to
5: I mean, okay, hot take, but sometimes I know, like, the whole, like, assuming that women can do one thing and not another thing, and, like, being pressured into gender roles, but, like, sometimes I think they work for a reason. Like, don't at me at that, and I'm not saying, like, we should cook and we should clean and all that stuff, but when I think it, like, comes to a family, like, if there's, like, a mother and a father and they have a kid, odds are the woman is going to do more of, like, the Parental duties. Well, I think the father. I don't want to like, wouldn't say it, but like, would end up doing more of like the yard work while the woman is taking care of the child. It's not always like that, but I feel like sometimes those gender roles work. Like.
2: Yeah, especially when they have to shovel. Yeah, exactly. I'm it. not gonna it. Go do
5: that. I'm like, you can go mow the lawn when it's 90 degrees out. I will gladly do the dishes for you if you do that. I think there has to be a balance. Like, you can't just be expected to do everything.
1: Right, I agree. A trade off. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. There's that there's that trade off, but I like and I'm again I'm not saying that, you know, what works in one household might not work in every it's household and vice time. versa. But the idea of the traditional gender roles of woman being the homemaker is I I would definitely say something that I mean it's just a product of the way we've been raised and conditioned in our society. Yeah. That's what we see and probably in about how it was in my home. That's how it's, it's portrayed in the media that we see that as kind of the normal
0: mm-hmm. what's that word we say every single week bush propaganda exactly
1: <laughs> indoctrination
0: yeah, those are the two
3: um, Roving, if you will on the topic of being forced into gender roles one example that i can think of is christmas this year my mom was very sick And number one, the fact that my mom does everything for us for Christmas and my dad doesn't do much is already a thing. But then when my mom was super sick, um, it fell to me to cook Christmas dinner and bake Christmas cookies. My dad even asked me if I could wrap the presents for everybody, including myself, my own Christmas presents and presents for my brother and I think that as as a child, like okay, I'm I'm an adult now, but like you're the parent here. It shouldn't fall to me because I'm a woman.
5: Yeah. you do
3: true. all of this because I I'm not the parent in this household.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I that's a very good example. I, I know Sophia brought this up, but does anyone uh, – would anyone say that they would, like, agree any, like, specific – are there any gender roles that would be considered good as, like – well, maybe not good or like that, but, like, satisfactory in, like, I don't know, an eth- ethical way or something like that? Are there any that you agree with or that are traditionally correct or in any sense? Or are they all completely wrong?
3: I agree with um, shoveling and mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: the, yeah, the my- yard work, they could take the yard, yard
3: yeah, you can go. You can go shovel. Um, I'm good, thank you. Not feminist enough to whip out a shovel when it's snowing and negative temperatures outside.
2: I mean, I guess if you asked me to do it, like, fine, but I would just prefer that someone else would do it for me. Yeah,
5: it's like I won't expect you, but if you want to go right ahead, I'm not gonna. Yeah, find I absolutely you. will not stop you. Yeah, like it is all you
2: quite chivalrous it, if someone just you know picks up the shovel and does it for me
5: if it's a trade-off and i'm the one stuck mowing the lawn and they're the ones doing the laundry and the dishes then fine but i'd rather you know do the dishes and watch tv while they have to mow the lawn outside
0: <laughs> that's fair that's fair um we'll move i know we're uh, uh, i know a couple of our i know sophia and Abby have a little early so we'll keep things moving on with uh, everything Um, We'll start with, uh, I guess, Ava this time. That way, everyone gets a fair job. We'll go with an next or whatever. But um, this is obviously for everyone. Do you think that we as a society are more equal now than ever before? Um, What needs to change slash improve? And I know the answer is no, but I will say, like, do you think the job is done in any specific area? Like, would you say that this spot is good? Let's move on and focus on something else. Or would you say that just across the board needs to be, like, more radically changed?
4: Um, well obviously like answered like like you said, uh no, we are not more equal as a society than before. I think there's like a lot to do with that like examples of like I guess like the patriarchy and like sexism, like what that looks like today is gonna be very different from what we've seen like years ago. And so, like for a lot of people, if they're like, Oh well, you know, women are taking up all these jobs now they're doing all this like it's very different from the 1950s so we are more equal like there's it's going to change because what's going to be accepted in the society as like how we can treat women or certain things like it's going to shift and i feel like that on like the level of what needs to change and improve um i think there needs to be like definitely like a huge like institutional level of improvement i couldn't i don't know like specifics on what would be like best action for certain things because there's such like an effect of everything but I don't know it's just interesting to see like because like with the idea of like women being in like positions now like we can see like women are taking up more STEM positions than they were before and like for me like that's a great thing but like when you look at like more higher level and like manager positions that starts coming down from like 50% to like 18% of women in there So, I don't know, it's like little things that are different now, but I would say that there needs to be a huge level of change, but I couldn't specifically
3: say what it would be. Yeah, I think she's definitely right with, I'm not sure I would say we're more equal now. I think sexism and the patriarchy has definitely taken on a different shape, but I I would say it's definitely still there. And... The one thing that I can think of specifically that we can improve is in government, uh, women make up more than 50% of the population, and if the government is supposed to be representative of the people and the people's beliefs, the proportion of women in government positions is not equal to the proportion of women in the population. So I think especially now with all the abortion issues and Roe v. Wade, it is definitely a decision made by men that is about women that should not be made by men.
0: I was going to say, I could hear you typing away, but <laughs> I knew you were searching what percentage of Congress uh, and everything were female.
1: We're going to cut in with a quick statistic. Uh, out of the – a record number of women are currently serving in the United States House of Representatives, making up an absolutely whopping 29%. Uh, I, I, that's
0: actually, it's actually crazy because I was like, – like after Ava, where I was looking up what percentage of doctors are female in the United States. It's actually semi-similar. It's a little bit higher. As of 2019, it was 36%, so like really staggering. But it also goes back to, apparently, like, 64% of all women that are in the uh, medical field are in pediatrics. So, like, it's just shifting around there. Statistics are fun. Yay!
1: A little bit deeper, uh, 38% of Democrat congressmen are female, and 14% of Republican congresspeople are female.
0: There you
3: go. I think... Also, what you mentioned with doctors and a lot of the women being in the field of pediatrics, I think, especially with women in the workforce in larger proportions now, there are also positions still that are seen more as like female positions, like pediatrics versus neurosurgery, or like nurses versus doctors. And I think that that also has a lot to do with it, that maybe women are in the workforce now and we see that as an improvement, but we're not fully, I feel like we're not fully allowed everywhere in the workforce.
5: Yeah, definitely. Sorry, you can go if you want.
3: (laughs) I was just going to say like, we have, we have positions that are, female positions I'm doing air quotes but you can't see it female (laughs) so I think we definitely have our little bubble of jobs that are again air quotes for women
5: yeah it's definitely like disheartening for like someone to say that they're like in and like a woman to say they're in engineering or something that's definitely seen as a more masculine job and people are surprised by it it's like oh you're an engineering major like wow what's that like with all the men like instantly that's like the question that comes up when they find out a woman is in engineering or another STEM major and I feel like it's also like if a woman is in a masculine job then they are seen as also masculine or either not good enough it's like oh if there's like a female truck driver normally air quotes like being a truck driver has been seen as more of a masculine job so then automatically they're assumed to be like very like tough or on that side at least what I've experienced here in Iowa is that when like someone says that they're in something that like doesn't necessarily fit like the stereotype of what a woman should be taking as a job automatically it's either like a shock or it's like oh they're very like masculine and boyish for taking on that job versus just like I don't know maybe a guy being an interior design like we don't really see that like it's just kind of interesting for them like I what um either Vanessa or Ava I'm not entirely sure who spoke uh said it to be like we are still categorized into like very feminine jobs still today yeah Yeah,
4: absolutely I have Vanessa
5: (laughs) (laughs) I was the one that said that (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa said it
0: (laughs) perfect um
1: even like within like you kind of you know, you talked about the STEM that you see, like, you know, the, the male STEM students versus the female STEM students, would they almost see them as less or not as good. And from, from my experience, uh, Cameron and Sophia know this, but uh, North Dakota, where I go to school, is a huge aviation school, a lot of pilots. It's very, very true that, I mean, the amount you'll hear from male pilots, just like, it, it's the whole stereotype of women can't drive very much persists to women can't fly. And it's it's super, super prevalent up here.
0: I've never understood that stereotype of, like, the women can't drive aspect. Like, insurance companies charge more insurance, like, for males because they know <laughs> And, like, we're going to crash. And, like, oh, hey, man, do some, like, donut or something like that. Like, yeah, most of the time a woman's going to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to do that. So that's why insurance companies don't charge more for, like, female insurance. Like there's no ster- Like, there's no statistical proof, like, about, like, women driving like that. Like, so
1: I don't – I've never understood where that stereotype comes from. No, yeah, actually, I think empirically speaking, the, like, low, like the lowest causing of crashes is women.
0: Well, okay, yeah, the, low, the, lowest is, has, is, the lowest is – the lowest
4: is – but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I literally remember that statistic from, like, Drivers Ed where they talked about, like – especially with, like, adolescents, like, when people get their driver's license and, like, up to, like, their, like, early 20s, like, it's a lot of men getting into – more dangerous accidents like that is a that is a true statistic so that's kind of interesting that you say that because it's like yeah why is that stereotype now on us?
0: we're so
1: stupid that's what (laughs) we are dumb men are dumb creatures
5: i'm a terrible driver so (laughs) yeah i can't say anything i almost took out a curb a few days ago so but i did it safely so
3: curbs are in the (laughs) way honestly it's the curb's fault
0: yeah what did
2: the curb get in your way
0: Exactly.
3: Jumped out at you. Yeah,
0: I just I just posed the question, where does the stereotype come from? And all four of them proceed to back up the stereotype. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, hit that curb, girl. See, <laughs> you
5: said, <laughs> you guys are you said you guys are idiots. You're the ones that are going to make the dumb decision to go, like, 60 miles per hour in a 15 or, like, do donuts in a parking lot. We just drive and maybe accidentally hit a curb. But we're not doing stupid
1: stuff. That's a really good Why point. Like, as occasionally hitting a curve, yeah, yeah, we
5: occasionally hit a curb. Like my cousin, not to call him out or anything, but decided it'd be <laughs> fun to just take his fun sports car and he like crashed it into a sign. So, and That'll he just I not comment on this. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, took off side of my
2: mirror on a pole in my garage. So, yeah, we didn't I mean, do it on purpose. See, that's true. I did not that's do different. it on purpose. It was so an accident. Like,
1: yeah, it's just little like fender benders versus when the, the us. Idiots are going 75 and we kill somebody. Yeah. There's also you hit one
3: curb curve curve. and it makes you a bad driver.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hit the, the
3: curb During this month? No, no, no. It's the curb's
4: fault. Women's History <laughs> Month, the woman did not do it. Yeah, exactly.
0: You no. know who invented the curb? The man. So it's really back to man. It's just the <laughs> long arm of the patriarchy, <laughs> like the patriarchy, man. The patriarchy. The, <laughs> patriarchy <laughs> everywhere. the long. The long a concrete <laughs> arm that embraces all cars <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I, was to, I was about to say i was about to say oh oh yeah it was about driving so it, it, when it comes to driving or i know bush you said flying or even with like boats or any any type of vehicle or basically anything like owned like that it always comes back do all do all of you do, does everyone have a name for their car yes, um, yes. Like like that? and how many of those names are female i know my car is my car is mine also
1: is female.
2: Mine. Mine is. My car came named, so I didn't get to choose it, but I did stick with it because the guy that named it was really nice.
0: Ava <laughs> Vanessa, any comment?
3: Yeah, my my car is a female name. She's an old lady. Her name is Marge. Mm. My Very car's nice. name is Polly, which is a female name, but
4: it's in reference to my grandpa. So actually, it goes both ways, but.
2: Uh, my jeep is named ruby it was given to uh, some rancher down in texas my dad found it and now i just borrow her so i did not pick the (laughs) name
5: my car yeah my car is remy because it's the same color as remy from ratatouille but remy is also could be a girl's name so could go both ways
0: I only think of Renezme from Breaking Dawn Part Two. <laughs> oh no!
5: Don't, uh, don't ruin it for me. That is so Can mean. You named my so daughter
0: mean. after the Loch Ness monster. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: no. I want that tattoo so bad. <laughs> oh, I actually love hate the
2: watch 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 watching the Twilight movies though.
0: I <laughs> like, hate, hate watching them.
2: If you watch them as like a comedy movie though, they're actually really good. Yeah, I agree.
1: My mom made me watch them with her when I was a little kid, so I have this <laughs> deep-seated resentment for everything Twilight. But don't I'll just watch take everything in the, the movie as
2: satirical, and it's fantastic. I think yeah. if I
1: watched it again, I would find it a lot funnier than I did when I was eight. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, probably. If you, you're eight years old, you're seeing this vampire dude and this werewolf dude fight for this woman's soul. It seems really yeah, yeah. crawling to an eight-year-old.
2: Okay, but for real, are we Team Jacob or Team Edward?
0: Jacob. Oh, no,
1: it's Team Edward. It's absolutely Team Edward. Did you say I mean, Team Jacob,
2: Jacob Cameron? Cameron
0: did.
3: He's gross.
2: Jacob
0: Black might be cringe, but at least he's not a pervert. Edward is just a, re- a really old dude perving on like a seventeen-year-old. It's just weird. Bella,
2: what the hell are you doing here, loca? Come <laughs> <laughs> um, on. <laughs> that is enough to make me Team Edward. Also,
5: it's Robert Pattinson. Come on, the Batman.
0: But the other one is Sharkboy.
5: But that man! He
1: is Sharkboy.
5: (laughs) But Robert Pattinson definitely is better today. He's also Cedric Diggory from Harry Potter. Yeah, Taylor Lautner, I don't think his age, so he still kind of looks like a 15-year-old boy. I don't know, to me, personally. I feel like Robert Pattinson, you know, like, aged, you know? Like, fine wine.
2: (laughs) True. The only thing that I can think of for Taylor Lautner, though, is that he is the best Taylor Swift ex, so that does kind of... Yeah. And he's married to a Taylor Taylor now. She wrote Back to December about him. That's one of my favorite songs. Off my favorite Uh. album. Speak Now. Waiting for Taylor's version.
0: Is every one of her albums a different ex? Is that how that works?
2: Um, no. Right now her current ones are about Joe and he's not an ex. They're together. Despite what other people say. I'm rooting for them.
1: Taylor Swift war. (laughs) (laughs) Swifties it's lore.
2: so good. That's what sucked me into her was all the rumors. I I eat that up.
0: Mm, I guess so. Um I will well, the drama I will, I will, on Twitter. I, I will play the moderate. I know they have to leave pretty quick here. So Bush, do you wanna move on to the, the next question then?
1: Yeah, I, I hate, hate to, to uh we're having some fun here. I hate to get into a darker topic, but uh <laughs> we're gonna you do, do it anyways.
0: Like, yeah, no. sorry guys,
2: I kinda of diverted conversation here.
1: No, it's okay. No, you
0: diverted it perfectly.
1: Uh so we're gonna dive into this one. Uh, we'll start with uh, Sophia because you guys have to leave soon. Uh, have you ever been placed in a scenario where a man slash men have assumed sexual activity and made inappropriate advance towards that assumption? So un- either unwarranted sexual advances and like potential slut shaming upon like rejection or just in general?
5: Um, yes, actually. So last year our band I'm in the marching band, so our band throws, like, these parties, um, I guess, and there was a time that we went, and then some people snuck in that weren't a part of it, and these three guys ended up stalking me the entire party, because they assumed that, I don't know, I guess something I did got their attention, and they decided to follow me around, and they thought that it was some sign that I was flirting with them, so they just kept going, and it was. Kind of a spooky experience because I was oblivious to it. I didn't see it going on because they were behind me for most of the time. So when my friends pointed it out, it was kind of freaky because then they started rushing me out of places. And then they would start, like, they must have figured out my name because then they started looking for me. And I, like, had no idea. But it was kind of a scary thing that they assumed that somehow whatever I did was getting their attention. Maybe it was a smile at them. I don't know. I can't remember it. I kind of just choose to block it out because it feels weird. But, yeah, there's been a few scenarios where it's just, like, I will, I guess, be nice, and maybe the way I talk sounds like I'm flirting, so they assume that I'm trying to, like, make an advancement on them, so then they do it to me. Hmm. But, yeah.
0: Speaking as I next, think, yeah.
3: I think, generically, there's a lot of, like, a guy comes on to you and you're like, oh, no thanks. He's like, fine, you were ugly anyway. Or, like, slut shames you or calls you a bitch or something like that. But, more specifically, um, like, two weeks ago, I went through something and a guy came on to me and I did not want it. And afterwards, I was talking to Ava and he was just sitting there because he wouldn't leave for some reason. And we were talking about flirting. And he was like, Well, you were flirting with me. I was like, was I? We were talking about Twilight. He was like, Well, it you comes at It comes back. It comes back everywhere. Um, no, I was just like explaining the lore to him basically. And like we were sitting next to each other we were both looking at my phone I would look up at him every once in a while like we were having a conversation you make a little eye contact and I guess he took that as a as a thing I didn't even I didn't think that I was flirting with him but
2: apparently I was or at least he thought I was yeah Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Sorry, you can go, Sophia.
5: No, you're good. I remember having a conversation about like Marvel movies and I was like arguing what was the better Spider-Man. And then those guys thought I was flirting and they would just start like catcalling me and stuff. Or they'd be like, oh, yeah, you're hot. And I'd be like, why are you doing this? I'm literally just talking about something that I'm like passionate about and it's not directed towards you. I feel like it's just weird that when you just talk, they assume that that's flirting. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I feel like way. it happens That's a, a lot. You have the wrong Spider-Man opinion. But who, who, who? I'm fighting for
5: Andrew now, not It's Tom. Toby.
0: It's always been it's Toby. To- it's, it's Toby. I'm sorry.
2: I like Toby, but I don't know. Something about Andrew. I, I I'm going to have to agree. I just feel like... I like Tom, Tom though. Like, I, I do really Tom is not. the perfect amount oh. of
3: nerdy for Peter Parker and the perfect amount of buff and sexy for Spider-Man. I feel like Tom? Andrew is too hot to be Peter Parker I do
2: kind of agree with that argument <laughs>
3: though Spider-Man.
2: Sorry I, I feel like I Toby is very nerdy no it's okay this is a good topic this needs to get hashed out
5: <laughs> I don't know Toby is just too old to play a teenager I'm sorry
2: true he did look kind of old It's
5: like he was like a 40 year old he <laughs> a... was well,
0: not 40
5: at the time but yeah like, but that's the vibe he gives okay like especially he, I know he, he was supposed to be in that. college but ugh it was just uncomfortable <laughs> but yeah I feel like going back
2: to our actual topic I feel like I that happens to me a lot where you like are in a conversation with a guy and it just it feels like your friends I feel like this has happened to me honestly kind of a lot looking back on it where you like I've heard, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of people have been talking about this lately, or maybe it's just, like, the TikTok algorithm, but I feel like a lot of girls that I, like, see on my For You page talk about how they have, like, these platonic friendships with a guy, and then they're always ruined because the guy, like, thinks you're flirting with him, or, like, he falls in love with you or something, and you're like, what? I thought we were just friends. (laughs) Like, I feel like it just gets twisted, and I don't know how that happens, but I feel like that happens to me, unfortunately, more than i would like it to
3: the idea of the friend zone makes me want to scream it's not a thing she's trying to be friends with you and you have a thing for her and she doesn't have a thing back for you she's not friend zoning you you're just friends she has no responsibility for how you feel about her
0: yeah i agree and then yeah, it's so like maybe like four blocks for me but I can feel your cortisol levels like rising right now.
3: I know, I'm getting stressed about this. And like when men say that like oh they're in the friend zone and they like complain about it, it's like that doesn't exist. Or when women, I've seen women multiple times your your male friend that you're close with is like hey, I need to say something, and you're like, damn it, because you just know he's going to be like, hey, I have feelings for you, and you're going to be like, no, I don't feel the same way, and then he's going to get pissed about it, and it's just going to ruin everything.
2: I do think it is important, though. I know it happens in reverse, too, so not calling out all men, but I know that's happened to me quite a bit. I know it happens in reverse, though, so.
0: So I, I know that's a stereotype as well, um, but, like, uh just, just to comment on it as, like, a societal kind of, not even a norm, but just, like, an observation, is that, would you say that leans more towards the reason why it's, like, thought that more girls hang out with uh, gay guys and straight guys, like, as friend-wise? Is that mm-hmm. is that, like, is that stemming from that?
2: I feel like I just, like, being able to talk about, like, I don't know, like, fashion. I feel like gay guys are very, like, observant of their fashion, and I like that, because I'm... I don't know. I'm materialistic. I'll just come out and say it. Like, (laughs) I am. So I feel like it's just nice to talk to someone that takes a lot of pride in, like, the things that they, like, wear. I don't know. It just makes things more similar. And I like that. I feel like most straight guys I know, like, don't really care about, like, brands. So when I'm spending four hours browsing the Tiffany website because I want a new necklace... I feel like a gay guy is going to just be a little more sympathetic to that than, like, you or Augustia or Tashar. I feel like you guys are just going to look at me and be like, shut up, I don't care.
4: <laughs> um. So for, like, me personally, like, one of my best friends, he's gay, but he's also very, very feminine, so that's probably just because he fits, like, in my category of, like, things I like to talk about. But I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know, it's... I think there's like a lot of sympathizing when it comes to like women's issues and LGBTQ issues. So I think that's where women connect to gay men a lot because you both have very similar issues with a lot of times like straight men being very icky and sort of judging you. And I don't know, a lot of those conversations we have in common, but I wouldn't say that that's necessarily like the same for all women because I've known many friends that he's had who have tokenized him for being gay. And that idea of like, you're feminine, you're fun, but you're my gay best friend. You're not like a person. So I don't know. It's very different for everybody, but I feel like for me, I connect to him a lot because we see the world in a very similar perspective and we've had a lot of similar experiences. So I think that's why women sometimes gravitate towards maybe gay men over straight men.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I think it definitely, there's like, a connection and similar experiences like you said and what I was thinking of was like you can talk about guys like you and your girlfriends you're like oh my god look at this guy I'm talking to he's so hot and a gay guy could come in on that and be like oh my god he is so hot you ask a straight man hey do you think this guy's hot 95% of them are gonna be like I don't know I don't like guys unless all it's Ryan all Reynolds I'm saying
1: is like a man who's comfortable in his sexuality can comment when he finds when there's an objectively good-looking man.
3: Literally, I'm not asking you. Would you have sex with him? Are you attracted to him? I'm asking you objectively. Do you think he's hot?
1: Like objectively, Ryan Reynolds, he's hot.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Agreed.
3: Ryan Reynolds is the man's man.
5: All right, Ask I got a gri- dip, but it was great talking with y'all.
1: Sophia, thank you so much for coming on.
5: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Thank you, (laughs)
0: you, Abby, too. Yeah, thank you you
2: guys for having uh, me and us. I I had a great time. (laughs) I'd love to come back if I'm extended an
5: invitation. Same. If I've got more time, I definitely would.
2: Yes, for sure. But
0: thank you, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye. So now Ava and Vanessa will represent the entirety of womankind.
5: Woo! Yeah! No,
0: No pressure, women. (laughs) um i think yeah so we were talking uh more about like the assumed flirting and stuff like that i would definitely say there is that assumption like like, it branches back to the fact that on average guys are we're we're all idiots we we take we read social cues very wrongly um i can't personally speak on the other side of that but i'm i'm 100 aware that it does happen
3: but I think sometimes then when you're trying to flirt with a guy and they don't catch on, yeah, and then you're like, hello? We're
1: idiots. Yeah, see, here's yeah. the thing is I, there's 100% like a patriarchal extent to it. I would agree with you that because it, it's really easy to just not be a creep. Like as a guy, like me and Cameron have done it for 20 years. Just don't be weird. It's well, not that okay, hard.
0: Okay, you're assuming a lot right here. First of all, <laughs> Cameron,
1: have you been creepy?
3: Yeah, Griffin. I think I think that statement was uh, just for you. I don't I don't know if that could uh, (laughs) extend.
1: I am the
0: biggest creep that I know.
1: Cameron's getting exposed.
3: Yeah, don't speak for Cameron here. Right,
1: Uh, I'm Cameron. I'm sorry to speak for you.
0: Yeah, you damn well.
1: For for a lot of people, it's really easy to just not be creepy, and obviously there is, uh, us men are stupid. We're really really dumb, especially in like social situations and coming like picking up like what is flirting and what isn't flirting from a woman and so it can go both ways like you said of them picking up on things you're just being friendly and they take that as you flirting or you very obviously flirting with them and they can't pick up on that and even if you know like they do perceive something as for that isn't that's not an excuse to be weird and aggressive yeah, obviously. and
0: creepy yeah, obviously
4: not. yeah it's very interesting because i feel like when there's situations like that especially when we're talking about this like party that happened two weeks ago like I always wonder like when things when like I feel like men are being too friendly with me I always sort of feel like I go back and I'm like was I too friendly but it's like no because like I'll it's really comes down to I'm just having a normal conversation with you and I'm like acting like a friend and then you're being very persistent on things and then it's like that awkward, how do you step away? So you're just sort of still being friendly and then it keeps going. And then you're like, oh, let me step away. And then they follow you to like the area. So it's like, Ugh, it's sort of weird. Cause like, I don't know, sometimes you always think like, could I have done something differently? And I feel like that's just like that idea. Like, why are you like guilt tripping yourself over something like when, where a lot of the times you're not really doing anything wrong. You're just thinking it's a friend situation and it's, it's neat. I- not in the end
1: Yeah, i think that's absolutely like i mean the most damning evidence of like just like social patriarchy of that i mean even like the victim blaming that they're like oh well you shouldn't if you didn't want to have men come on to you then you shouldn't have dressed like that or you shouldn't have mm-hmm. said that like you're blaming these women for just being normal people instead of you know blaming the men who are the ones engaging in this like harmful violent behavior
0: yeah absolutely.
3: okay i have i have a few things to say With you saying that um, men are just, like, stupid and they don't pick up on whether someone's flirting or not, I think maybe that's true. But like you said, it's it's really not hard to be creepy. Like, maybe you think somebody's flirting with you. And then, like, maybe you do try to make a move. There are ways that you can tell that she is clearly not comfortable. And I think definitely emphasizing that, it's not always just, like, oh, my God, you know, like, shoving, fighting. There's definitely more, like, subtle ways to pay attention to whether or not a woman is actually into you. And with Ava saying, like, you you walk away, I think, number one... Women sometimes in these situations feel like they don't have a safe space they can go to. I know in this situation that I talked about a couple weeks ago, I wanted to get out of the situation, but I felt like there wasn't somewhere that I could go to get away from him. And with that gendered violence, women are always scared that you turn a man down and he's going to get violent.
0: Yeah.
4: i feel like that's very true because like like you can know somebody really deep down you're like oh they're not gonna get violent or anything like that but especially like if you're at a party and not endorsing alcohol or anything like that let's say somebody's intoxicated like that also can really heighten that fear but also like what's very interesting is like also i feel like this generation sometimes shies away from the idea of like how important consent is especially with like these situations I feel like people think it's awkward to like ask things or like to get like to ask if this is okay or like it ruins them like no that's like very important like I feel like consent like is like a huge thing that I feel like everybody should work on that could really help these situations like getting that affirmative yes because a lot of times like like we've been saying, like certain men, they can't pick up on that body language. So like, that's where you should start getting verbal
3: confirmations. Like, I think there's a big difference between, what? oh my God. Ah, Sorry. <laughs> I think there's a big difference. or There's a lot of steps below a very enthusiastic yes that often aren't recognized as a no. And I think they definitely need to be because there's not really there's not really a maybe there's like very enthusiastic yes and there's a lot of other things that are a no just not maybe as loud as saying no explicitly or like pushing them off and i think that Honestly, it, it is, it is a, an institutional thing again with the patriarchy because I think young boys aren't taught about that enough. And I wouldn't say that young girls are either. I mean, on the playground, a guy pulls your hair and people say, oh, he has a crush on you. A mm-hmm. guy a guy is, like, a kid is mean to you, and they're like, oh, no, he likes you. We should not be taught that that is how we should be treated.
0: I never understood that. That was always the strangest, like, social cue, everything like that. Like, I can, like, honestly say that I was never, like, participated in such, quote-unquote, flirting aspects back when you are like, I don't know, eight, ten years old or like that. The whole aspect of, like, oh, you a cooties like that, it never really hit me personally, but...
4: And that was always just so weird. I yeah, know. I don't... Ooh. I was, I was, oh, sorry, I was... I was like, quickly finished on that and just feel like I literally, like, remember in elementary school, like, I had this kid that always picked on me. and But he got, like, it was really intense. Like, he was, like, got to the point in second grade, he, like, smashed my head into a wall. Like, oh, my God. Like, like, like it was... What? I had an ice pack on picture day. And, like, the fact that when I look back like that never felt like it got taken seriously and I remember like being told like like I knew him and like it was like he hated my friend group and he always like would chase us and stuff like that but like also being told oh he likes you I'm, like so where's the line when he's ripping things off my clothes he's smashing my face in a wall? like I don't know like it's like where's that like idea of like no this is this is not okay like this is not just, like, little boys being, like, this is, like, violence. Like, hello? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think violence is so normalized. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Viol- also
3: negative. I think that's a negative effect of the patriarchy on men is that they're taught to not show emotion, not show affection. And maybe these little boys do pull your hair on the playground because they feel like they can't be nice instead.
1: I would... I see I see where you're coming from there, that like these young boys aren't really taught a healthy way to show their affection, or their feelings in that situation, and like, you know, just like basically reinforcing the behavior, being like, oh yeah, you're showing that girl you like her by yanking her hair or shoving her is just reinforcing the negative behavior, and teaching them that violence is a way to show how you feel about somebody. Instead of teaching them the correct way,
0: yeah, absolutely. And Vanessa, you actually perfectly like transitioned to the next question here. It was uh, talking about like uh, the aspect of toxic masculinity in general, like the no emotion side, the violent side of men, like what men are basically expected to do. Um, yes, I am mansplaining toxic masculinity. I think it's funny. That's the way to go for it. But yes. r- regardless, um, so for that aspect, would you say to to what extent, if any? Obviously, it could be none too. Do you think, like, both of you, do you think that women play in advancing toxic masculinity? Like, do you think it's entirely men's responsibility to eliminate it because it's, like, masculinity? Or do you think women can help or anything like that? And, like, a general, like, story or whatever like that of toxic masculinity that you personally experience?
4: Um, so one thing is that toxic masculinity is, like, 100% a product of, like, the patriarchy. Like, that's 100%. And I feel like that in itself that like makes it a huge deal that I feel like men have to do a lot then, because if it's like from the patriarchy, there's only so much women can do to really change something like toxic masculinity with men. Yeah. But I do think that like showing examples, like I think one thing, like the idea of like men being like the like protectors and families and that they need to provide for families. Like that's something that I feel like that's been very like ingrained in like a lot of people since like, and, like, families, and, um, like, that whole idea, that can also, like, transfer onto women, like, and, like, I want, like, a protective man, and that's, like, an example, like, when women sort of, like, stem from those, and, like, I want men that's, like, this, 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 like, that can 100%, like, um, sort of, like, add to toxic masculinity, and, like, with women doing that, but I also think that there's, like, a level of insecurity when women add to it like and not feeling like a sort of like internal misogyny within themselves like i feel like that's a lot of times where that comes from so um but i do think that there's women that like obviously are like can be very hateful and like contribute to that but i think that a lot of it is something that i think maybe men have to figure out an issue just because I feel like it is a patriarchy thing but I think everybody can contribute to try and like eradicate it because I think it's very harmful because I think like the idea like you said can I don't know if you guys or that's oh it's in the last part but do you like the concept of toxic femininity I'm gonna Mm -hmm. sort of like tie it into that last part I don't think that that can be a thing like I think women can like do things that are toxic but toxic femininity can't be a thing because like toxic masculinity leads to violence and I can't think of a scenario where toxic femininity can lead to violence like it does with toxic masculinity like that idea with Andrew Tate that leads to men doing little things and testing the boundaries of what's okay and then that can lead to violence so I don't know.
0: my only question off of that uh, that statement, I, I I agree with you almost one hundred percent. I will say the only the only question I have about the, the toxic femininity to it is like, do you think or toxic in general? Do you think the only way something could be toxic if it leads to violence specifically, or are there any acts that would consist of like, oh, this is a result of? Feminism?
4: No, I think. Oh my gosh, no, I think women there are like horrible people in the world, and I think women can do really awful things and take advantage, but. I just think that, like, the idea that's been formed behind toxic masculinity and, like, the widespread it's had, especially, like, in the media now, I just don't think that there could be, like, an equal to toxic femininity that could, like, because there's just, it's just such, like, a widespread thing and it's leading to a lot of hateful things and, like, just, like, the idea of, like, going on to TikTok and, like, that whole, like, mid and everything like that, like, I just don't see a huge equivalent, but I think that women can 100% perpetuate a lot of violence and do
3: disgusting acts just as much as men can i think with the patriarchy and your question of do women contribute it contribute to it like ava mentioned there are women who do have internalized misogyny and sometimes they do i would say they do contribute a little bit and i don't want to say that toxic masculinity is all men's fault and they have to put in a hundred percent of the effort to change it i think that it has become such a societal thing that now it's like society's fault i don't think that any men by themselves could change it in a day or even like a pretty significant group of men could change it because now it's such a societal thing. And maybe, yes, because this society was built on men in the patriarchy and because they, they have the majority say in our society, it is kind of their fault. But I definitely don't think that men by themselves could change the the, like, idea of toxic masculinity or, like, completely eliminate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I would definitely say that answered my question, for sure.
3: And then with the, with the last part, with toxic femininity or, like, toxic feminism, I think, obviously, there are radical groups in every organization or every viewpoint, radical right, radical left, but I think like Ava said with toxic femininity yes there are shitty people who do shitty things and there are definitely women who do bad things and are bad people but it's like i don't want to i don't want to compare it to racism but it's kind of like reverse racism like mm-hmm. yes it exists and maybe people like people of color and minority groups can be racist to white people but I wouldn't say that it is as much of an institutional thing as racism is like toxic femininity isn't as much of an institutional thing as toxic masculinity
1: is Uh, I like you I was going to draw that race analogy as well that you know you can call a white guy a cracker and it just doesn't hold the same, Boy, just banned. violent. Uh, by the, uh, don't ban me. I'm white. I can say it. Um, it. Like calling a white guy, the cracker, a cracker versus, you know, calling a black person, the N word is the, you're discounting 400, 500 years of institutionalized violence that it comes behind that word. So it's nowhere near the same thing. So it's the, I would agree with you that, you know, this idea, toxic femininity, maybe it exists but it's nowhere near the problem. It's so minuscule a problem in comparison to toxic masculinity that it really doesn't become a thing.
3: Yeah, I think definitely with with racism and sexism, it it has been a thing for so long, and it is now such an institutional part of our society that you can't have an opposite version of it and have it mean the same because it doesn't have that same violent, horrible background. And like you said, calling a white guy a cracker and calling a person of color, the N word, it just doesn't have the same effect because of the history. And I think with like the majority group and the minority group versus the minority group saying something to the majority group, it just doesn't have the same effect. And especially with the history with sexism, I just don't think, like you said, that toxic femininity is at anywhere near the level that toxic masculinity is in our society.
0: Mm. Um, I will say, I'm going to bring this, I'm going to make a huge leap here and everything like that. Um, So to bring it back to the idea of like feminism as a concept and everything like that, it's very, like, rarely ever talked about in, like, the same breath as, like, revolution, like, especially, like, leftist revolution, like, towards, like, a socialist or communist like society kind of thing like that. Um, women are, obvi- are uh, very regularly, like, kind of thought it's a second thought or, like, everything like that. But I, um, on the counterpoint of that, too, I think any system that has, tr- like, any country that has attempted it has provided at least a little bit more, like, very marginal, but like a hair degree more of like just women like uh women's rights and stuff like that like i know the first one of the first countries to ever legalize like the concept of a woman asking for a divorce or a woman asking for her own like possessions was uh, the soviet union so i guess that that's just the only like like theme link i could tie that to is yes obviously revolution comes for all citizens like that, but it's definitely important to not leave behind such an important sector, like sector of the population after that too.
3: Yeah, and I think it definitely like ties together, human rights and like we mentioned earlier, LGBTQ plus rights, gay rights, women's rights, people of color, they all kind of, I wanna say work together because they all face a similar sort of oppression. So then organizations often do deal with all of those issues. Because they are they're similar. I mean, obviously everybody goes through different things. And I don't want to compare racism and sexism in they're exactly the same. But I think definitely people of color and the LGBTQ plus community and women have definitely worked together on issues in the past because they are all marginalized groups with less privilege than the majority group in society.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Very historically sound. Um, yeah. Um, that's all the questions that I have. I think, I, and as this is a little bit longer of a show, so I think we'll probably end up wrapping up here pretty quick. But um, other than that, Bush, do you have anything else to ask our esteemed guests on Almost International Women's Day? Uh,
1: I have nothing more to ask. Uh, and if you two have something more you'd like to talk about, or
0: yeah, feel free. This is your guys' show. As much as, more than more than ours today, for sure.
4: Um, I only could think of like one more thing. And which is, like, why are a lot of women ashamed to, like, call themselves feminists? Because mm. I feel like that's something. And one thing that I think is really important, especially with like, Women's History Month, is to bring up intersectionality. It's very important because a huge thing of why women do not like to claim being a feminist is because feminism in the past has been very, like, white and shied away from women of color. And that's where, like, women is- women and trans women, especially, too. And that's where, like, womenism came above, which was, like, feminism for women of color. Um, And I feel like the idea of intersectionality for Women's History Month, it's super important because, like, the idea of, like, really seeing that there are multiple factors that influence, like, privilege and what you can and can't do in society, like, disabled women and, like, gay women, like, it's very important with all those things. And, like, with feminism, especially like to acknowledge intersectionality and all the important aspects that what makes people women and that that's not only the thing that they can identify with, that you can't just be a woman. You're also a black woman. Like those two things are really important. What makes your identity. So.
0: Very fair point. I
1: feel like Very there's also point. like this, um, like misconception about what feminism actually is. I see this a lot when you know, I'll get into arguments with people about this, that they see feminism as, women need to work and women need to be out of the house and, or like every woman has to get an abortion as like, that's what the feminists want. But it's really like, it's this idea that you should have the freedom to make that choice. And feminism is all about giving you that freedom.
3: Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of men specifically feel like feminism is like hating men like feminism equals misandry and it's like no i mean obviously there are radical people in every group like i said before but a lot of feminism like you said is just giving every woman the right to choose what they want to do with their life and not wanting to put down men in any way just wanting them to stop putting us down
1: there's mm-hmm. a, a great quote. I can't remember who said it, but uh, when you have privilege, equality feels like oppression. Is yeah. Very, I think very true in this situation.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: I
0: think I said that, Bush, actually. I, I'm gonna
1: yeah, it's actually up. a Cameron McCamp quote.
3: I, I
0: think so. I, I think that like a week
3: ago. I did also want to jump back a little bit to... Uh, um, with like men thinking you're flirting with them when you're not. I think that somebody brought up like when you know a woman and you know their signs versus like a stranger in a bar. But I've, I've taken a couple gender studies classes in my years. And I think I remember, I don't remember the exact percent, but a large majority of violence against women comes from people they know that they know very well. And I think that's scary to think about because it could be a friend, a neighbor, a cousin, a relative. And you don't really think about that. When you think of a guy that's going to hurt you, you think of a random guy on the street and not somebody that's really close to you. And I think that's scary to think about.
0: Yeah. I couldn't think of a more, a more of, um, Press is not the right word, but more subjugated industry than the trench coat industry in the last, like, 45 years. They have to be, like, rock bottom sales. Like, no one wants to buy a trench coat. makes you look creepy then. Like, that was a huge staple of fashion for, like, the last, like, 100 years. And all of a sudden, like, that was the creepy guy look. Like, the poor, Personally, poor trench coat I,
3: I love trench coats. Um, A leather trench coat slaps. Slay.
1: Hey, that's our first now. sleigh. Let's go. That's our first slay.
0: Yeah, Technically, I, 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 I said say it I was, very
3: quietly earlier. You oh, just didn't hear it. I missed it. My I, bad. Say, I, w-
0: I was very, I was very disappointed in the drinking game, alleged drinking game of this episode. I thought that would be a lot more. But um, yeah. Maybe
3: well, because I, you called us out, we felt bad about it. Now
0: that, so you should have kept it is, under wraps. And yeah, Cameron, not a slay. <laughs> that is a perfect example of the, the patriarchy right there. I just That's suppressed from yeah. saying they're using their actual vocab. Oh, it feels great
3: and you should have not you should have not said it and then at the end <laughs> made a drinking game out of it get the slate yeah. counter
0: yeah i should have but another one now looking backwards if you if you do one for every time the words the words i think are said out there is a good one that is a good one for sure um yeah um so wednesday is international women's day um thank you all for tuning in to our very special episode um very thank thank you to all of our guests for being on. I know most of them are gone now, but thank you Ava and Vanessa for coming on, being our first uh, batch of female guests. Very very insightful episode. I know I know I learned a lot. As I said, I'm stupid, so I learned a lot. That's great. Um, I think the best way to celebrate. You have two ways to celebrate on Wednesday, um, and I will steal this one from Vanessa. One is you gotta you have to Venmo your girlfriend or just anyone that you, female you know, 17 cents to make up for the for the gender gap. And the second way is to go. More importantly, is to go on IMDb, search up "What Is a Woman" made by the incredible Matt Walsh, and then just review bomb it. Like give it like a zero stars, give it like a terrible review. And I think that would, I think that'd be a good way to celebrate.
3: Cameron, so, I have a question for you. Go for it. For a future episode that Ava and I could guest star on, are you planning on doing anything for um, Pride Month?
0: I'm, I can almost guarantee we will, yes.
3: Slay, in the future, you should you should let us hop on that because I, I think def- we definitely have things to say about that too.
0: Absolutely, I will definitely keep, keep that in the back of my mind. We'll definitely do something for for June for sure. Okay. I, I I
1: do think you're overestimating a little bit of how far ahead we think. This is a week to week basis. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> we think about this is the only one we've actually planned out ahead like at all besides. Well, yeah, that's the only one so far, so. Hmm. But, yeah. Um, This has been uh, TLGR, Two Lefties Get It Right. I have been Cameron.
1: I have been Griffin.
0: Uh, Once again, thank you to all of our guests, and uh, happy uh, Women's History Month, and happy International Women's Women's Day on Wednesday. All right. I will see you all next week.